Welcome to the Cold Brew Podcast. I'm Dave Casper, joined as always by Matt Carroll as we go through season four here of the Cold Brew Pod. And you know, Matt, as as we think about this past week, um, you know, just kind of getting right towards the season. By the way, we are less than a month away from pitchers mm-hmm. and catchers reporting, so yep. we are almost there. We have almost made it. Uh, but Matt, you know, th- this past week. Uh, the Brewers, uh, in lieu of Brewers on Deck, which has not come back yet, which is ridiculous in my opinion, they hosted a different event uh, at a very small bar uh, with a very long line outside. Uh, but they stole uh, the the name a little bit, Hot Stove and Cold Brews. Perhaps, Matt, drawing a little bit of uh, inspiration from the wildly successful a uh, cold brew podcast hosted by the two devilishly handsome men uh, here that are reviewing the brew. I I really don't think there's any other explanation possible yeah. with how they came up with that name. Uh, they really should have invited us though to have our own recording area. I mean that should have been fair. They should have. What, what's up with that, Brewers? Come on, yeah. Mark, get on your game. Jeez. It, yeah. it, it, Mike, Speaking if you're of marketing on his game, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what happened? Where was the breakdown? Yeah, have your people call our people, which is just us. us. Um, so just have your people call us, and we'd be we'd be happy to come down. It'd be great. Yeah, um, I love Dugout 54. I go there all the time. I'm very familiar. Yeah, were you able to get in uh, for hot stove and cold brews? I would have only have been able to get there like right close to the start. And as a lot of us saw on social media, there were some pretty long lines. And if you were not like in there ahead of time, you were waiting outside for most of it. So that would have been me. Dugout 54, as much as I love the place, isn't huge. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if there should have been a uh, capacity disclaimer ahead of time or what. But uh, like it's not like it's definitely... But- not somewhere you can fit a ton of uh, uh, people into to go to it. So I was not surprised when I saw the line. Yeah, but and and like you, they post this event like you know for the entire city and the entire fan base to see. It's like oh come out and see us and and do all this. Like you guys know you have more than three hundred fans who would come to this, right? Yeah. Well, like if that's your capacity limit for the venue, you should probably choose a larger venue. You know, because you know you're going to have a lot more than 300 people that want to come to this thing because we haven't had brewers on deck in three years. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pent-up demand, a lot of people that, that want to go in and see the team and get more of a, of a connection with the team and, and see some of these really good young players. And they chose a tiny venue. And, like, like, like you think they, they would have known that this was going to happen – Maybe they did and, and didn't care. They wanted to keep it small to to not have a, a whole bunch of uh, rabble rousers get in there because, you know, as you know, the, the fan base has has maybe soured a little bit uh, <laughs> on the front office uh, over the past three years uh, or so. Yeah, uh, maybe, but I don't know. Like we clearly, like you've seen it on social media for a while now. Fans have wanted these types of things back. Ever since the last one that they did, you know, before COVID ended up essentially like shutting this stuff down. And now clearly if we're going to pack a bunch of people into a bar, that's not a concern. So like why we're not going back to kind of the, you know, big venue, big meet and greet type things. I don't know. Did did you ever get to go 
back when they held it at the actual ballpark, like way back in the day. Yeah, I remember going to that like once or twice, and it was like right before opening day. It was like the day yep. or two before. Yep. Um, it was super cold. I remember they had the like the, the roof open, and it was like 40, 50 some degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like I remember like those back in the day, like like way back when when it was like just in their like infancy. You know, and then the, then they go to the formerly the Midwest Express Center, then the Frontier Center, and now just the Wisconsin Center. You know, as as the airlines have come and gone. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I got um, right here actually. This this little it's hard to tell because a lot of them have, the signatures have faded. Um, but this mm. came from one of those on decks that was at uh, the ballpark. You can't tell, but right there you got. Um, Bill Hall and Corey Hart. Oh man, if only we had video on this podcast as well. All right, we've got a <laughs> uh, a Derek Turnbull. Oh wow, that's throwing it way back. And this again is unfortunate that it's so faded. Good old Ted Simmons was able to get Ted Simmons, at, Hall like, of Famer. That was my favorite get actually of the day. He was at the table absolutely as Turnbull. Much but, better like, than yeah, Derek he Turnbull. Be able to pop around to the different stations, and they had. Uh, you know, different areas you, kids could play games. And then you just like after that was the exhibition game. And then you just yeah. to watch the exhibition game. It was amazing. Like now, now we don't even get just the on deck part of it. We get people packed into a bar, which I'm glad they're doing something. I'm glad they at least started something back up. Maybe I, I can't remember who it was. I think it was council maybe hinted at it being like a sign of like other things to come. I guess we'll see, but like this, we're probably gonna just just gonna have more of the players picking up the tabs at random bars, like like they did last year. I mean, Willie Adamas picked up the tab uh, for the entire bar that night, and you know what, what's crazy about that whole thing is that he's not getting an extension yet. Uh, and so well. so this was this was the big news that that came out of the hot stove and cold brews. You know, Willie Adamas is there, and you know, with all the media assembled, naturally they ask him, so how about those extension talks? And Willie's like. What extension talks? We haven't had any. Mm. Uh, so that was uh, that was some uh, depressing news to get. First, you get the Brewers taking Corbin Burns to arbitration over seven hundred forty thousand um, dollars. That happened this past week as well. Uh, we got to talk about you know the the arbitration deadline uh, come comes and goes, and the Brewers agree with everyone but Corbin Burns. Um, we'll get into that a bit later here, but Willie Adamas. They ask him, and he's like, we haven't had any conversations recently about, about an extension. I would love to stay here. I love this city. I, I want to stick around here. I want to play the rest of my career here, and I am you know, open to any and all conversations, but we haven't had any. So that means the Brewers have not uh, reached out because Willie wants to have conversations, but the Brewers do not. Um, Matt, I'm a little peeved. And I think uh, everyone else is a little peeved as well. Yeah, I was I was a little peeved too. Um, it, it, that uh, video clip, by the way, courtesy the first one that came out, courtesy of new friend of the podcast, Kurt Hogue. Yes. Um, yeah, and, and then of course, like after that happened, you know, some of us were kind of digging up and trying to remember back, like, wait a second, I thought they said that they did start out extension talk, so. You know, pulled up one of the old articles that uh, you had actually written for the site. And yeah. um, and then after that, uh, Hogue actually kind of put up some, like, con- context for, like, this is the question he was actually asked. 
So it was more of a contract extension talks haven't happened since then. Um, but that is equally frustrating. Like, yeah. it's the off season. There should have been touch bases along the way here and there. And so it was just what? An initial, our people contact your people, and then no one's people contacted his people? Like, is, is no. basically that what it came down to? Like, come on. Like, I know, we all know that we're not a big market franchise. We know we only get to dole out extensions to a couple people if they're big. But can there at least be some talks, like some sort of dialogue? Something at least it looks like you're trying. Yeah. It's something that makes the players at least say, yeah, uh, I think the team and my agents have been talking, it sounds like, um, and we'll see what happens. Like, even that is like, okay, okay, phew. Like, at least there's something going yeah. on. We yeah. don't even get that, and it's just uh, same old, same old, I guess. Uh, we keep hoping that, like, maybe, like, something will go down, and we won't have to worry about trade rumors for one guy or all three of them walking in two years, which I guess I'd almost rather have than trades, but that's another podcast for another day. Uh, yeah. But it's just, it starts to get old after a while, you know? Yeah. It really, especially when, I mean, you look at Willie Adamas, who is the best shortstop that they have had since Robin Yount. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've talked about this previously on the podcast, like the best shortstop they have had since Robin Yount. Like you have to go all the way back then to find as productive, as good of a shortstop for the Brewers. So it makes sense to extend him. And yeah. they have, they, they, they seem to show no interest in doing so, another guy who makes a lot of sense to extend is Corbin Burns, and we've mm-hmm. talked about this as, at length as well. Um, you know, the the first Cy Young winner uh, in 40 years, and the arguably best homegrown developed pitcher they have ever had in franchise history. And there seems to be no interest in an extension there. Now, when the arbitration deadline came down, and everyone was agreeing to deals. One did not happen with Corbin Burns right away. And some of us, myself included, were hoping deep down that they were hammering out an extension. Uh, but I think also deep down we knew that that was probably unlikely. Uh, and then it turns out it's like, okay, they didn't agree to a deal and they have to file. Corbin Burns files for a $10.75 million salary. The Brewers file for a 10.01 million dollar salary which is ridiculous or I, I feel like they were just like oh let's just go we'll, we'll, we'll put 10.01 just to say that we're over 10 million dollars by, by as small of a margin as possible and they're taking him to arbitration most like this is most likely going to a hearing at this point they're taking him to a hearing over seven hundred forty thousand dollars and the first words out of matt arnold's mouth are it's important that neither side takes this personally. <clears throat> That's not a good sign, Matt. That's not a good sign. No, you shouldn't have to say that out loud. That should just be like a known part of arbitration. Like, don't actually say that, dude. I mean, I feel like that. Right. That I feel like that already signifies that things are getting testy. Right. That, that things were getting really testy in, in negotiations when they were trying to hammer it out. Yeah, I mean. I get that 
arbitrary. I'm not happy about it, but that arbitration is a part of baseball. I mean, it was, it was like 30, 34, something like that. Players ended up not agreeing to deals by the deadline across all of MLB. So it's not just the Brewers. Um, and it's not just small market teams that did it. So I, I, I really can't. And I saw so much of this in the like immediate aftermath of that news coming out. I'm sorry, but like, this is not a Mark Adonazio thing. You can blame him for plenty of things that have to do with the Brewers not assembling, you know, the biggest super team. But like the arbitration system exists and teams have their ways separate from the owner's involvement of how they like value players and they try to stick close to it when they can. And so like this is front office. This is the same system that Stearns used when Hader went to arbitration and Hauser went to arbitration. Like it's, it's more of that blame the fact that we even have an arbitration system, blame how the front office values players. But like, I'm sorry, I just don't, this is one of those things that I'm just not throwing at the feet of Mark Adonazio. That said, like, this is ridiculous. This is an NL Cy Young winner who you're trying to pay like even lower than Brandon Woodruff. And I get there's an age difference and a super two status to throw mm-hmm. in there, blah, blah, whatever. Corbin Burns won a freaking Cy Young. Like, mm-hmm. he deserves money. <laughs> he just yeah. does. And, like, to squabble over less than a million dollars, again, like, it's not a small market thing, especially when the Mets are trying to uh, squabble over $1.4 I think it was, with Jeff McNeil, of all players. Like, and Jeff McNeil's very good, don't get me wrong. But the Mets have money to afford, but it goes to show how, like, teams do this. But Jeff McNeil's... Jeff McNeil's not a former MVP. Corbin yeah. Burns is a former Cy Young winner and uh, like had only the slightest of declines in some of his numbers the next season. I mean, he basically was still incredible. Still a sub three ERA. Still yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, exactly. Still finished what sixth, seventh in Cy Young balloting or something like that. Yeah. So just was in there. Just pay the guy. Like I. I get it. Maybe they don't want to set precedent by like giving up too much for ground from where they value guys, but it's, but, but also like that could be a gesture of good faith. If mm-hmm. you're looking to make an extension, be like, Hey, look, like we'll give you this, this higher salary now, maybe take a little bit less, you know, for, for an extension later down the road mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever it is, just try to have something to have good, positive conversations and keep the relationship strong between yourself and Burns. And I wrote about this after this happened, and there's no winning here. There's no point to this for the Brewers. If you believe, if if they still have any hope of extending Burns, this is the most fruitless negotiation tactic that, that could ever be conceived like that there's there's no winning here you either win the arbitration battle and you save seven hundred forty thousand dollars while successfully trash talking your own ace to his face in order to save that money and destroy your relationship with him or you lose the arbitration hearing you pay burns the extra seven hundred forty thousand dollars 
And you still make a fool of yourselves because you took your ace to arbitration over $740,000. There's no winning to this. There, there, there's no way that, that you could argue that, that this would be a good move for the organization to, to try to save this. So the only way that they could basically be like, this is a good idea, is if they have already given up all hope of extending Corbin Burns. And they're just like, we are just going to save as much money as possible. We know he's going to be gone soon enough. Not even going to bother trying to extend him. It, it doesn't sound like they've started talks with him either. So if they're not even going to bother because uh, they know he's going to cost too much and they can't afford him, then they've just given up all hope. They're just going to try to squeeze him for, for as few dollars as possible um, and, and just send him out there as, as much as they can. But Taking him to arbitration, you know, could, could have so many bad consequences that they don't even think of. I mean, th- look back to Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. They took him to arbitration because <laughs> Hader was seeking a record salary for a reliever for his first for being first time arb eligible. And the Brewers argued he didn't deserve the record salary because he didn't have the saves numbers. Because he was a multi-inning reliever, he wasn't used as a prim- primarily as a closer those first few years. So the Brewers took him to arbitration over that, and they won. They won because their comp was better because they didn't have because Hader didn't have enough saves. Now, immediately following that, Josh Hader became a one-inning closer. Mm-hmm. He told Craig Council, he told the team, "No more of this multi-inning shit. I am doing. I mean." He may not have said it in exactly <laughs> like that. He may have. He may not have. I don't know. Uh, I wasn't in the room. But no more of the, of the multi-inning role. One inning closer. I'm racking up as many saves as possible because you've told me this is how I get paid. So that's what I'm going to do. And then you get towards the end of his tenure, right before he's about to get traded, and you see these rumors that the Brewers are frustrated that Hader doesn't want to do multiple innings anymore, and, and he's doing, you know, he, he's he's taking whatever re- regular rest, and he, and he won't pitch, you know, an inning and a third. He won't pitch two innings, whatever else. It's like that was a monster of your own making. Yep. You took him to arbitration. You told him this is how you get paid, and so that's what he did. So if you're if you're going to go in there and try to do the same thing with Burns and be like he doesn't deserve to get paid a record salary for a second time arb eligible starting pitcher because he doesn't do X Y and Z, all of a sudden you're going to see Burns change what he does out there. You're going to see him change because this is how he's going to get paid. And the, the Brewers either didn't think of that with Hater or they didn't realize it, and and they're possibly going down the same road here with Burns. It certainly looks like that's the direction it's going. And if this really is them <clears throat> giving up on extension possibility, which they could be doing. I mean, it's I think it's a little premature, but a lot of fans have already done that. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. But if they are and they're really just trying to save money, then it's that would be proving that they haven't learned anything from what happened yeah. at the deadline last year. They say they have, but if they're doing this, then they really don't care. And I, I do think that Burns, like, he's not going to just, like, sit there and fester over all friggin' season, um, I don't think. But it, it would probably let linger for a little bit, and, like, that's just another blow to the team's chemistry then. Because I'm sure he'll talk about it. I'm sure, you know, it'll get around the clubhouse. Like, he's not just going to be, you know, 
silent to everyone, maybe his friends on the team. He's going to, you know, uh, talk about what happened. It, it's just, like you said, there's no winning. There's no winning when it comes to this situation. Um, yeah. I will say, at the even, very, even if they're right. Yeah, even even if their comp is right and Burns, you know, doesn't deserve the ten point seven five million, you know, even if you do have the better comp, that like like proving that point, it, it's not worth what it'll cost to prove the point. Matt, you're a married man, uh, you know, yeah. get into arguments with, with the wife. You know, you may be right in, in those arguments, but is it worth going through all the frustration and and arguing to prove that you were right or sometimes is it easier to be like you know what you were right and just move on uh my ring's still on my finger so no (laughs) (laughs) you 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 do not you pick your battles for the win every single time yeah pick your battles and this was a dumb battle for the brewers to pick yeah absolutely at the very least (laughs) At least, at least they're not the White Sox from last year. Because what did they take Giolito to? What was it over like? Like 200K? Yeah, it was something just ungodly small that was just the dumb. And he was vocal about it. Now, they ended up settling yeah. like right before the deadline. Um, but that was also a lot shorter gap to close. Yeah, just unreal. But yeah, like, like you can't, there is no winning in, in this battle. Like, I, I don't care if the Brewers are right in their comp. Mm-hmm. And they they very well maybe I, I thought that Josh Hader would win his arbitration battle easily, but he yeah. did not. Um, so arbitration, you never truly know, but it's not worth what it'll cost to prove. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that it'll it, it'll just completely dampen your relationship with Corbin Burns, ha- however bad it may be already after you traded away his best friend on the team and Josh Hader. Mm-hmm. So. It's just, it's an ugly situation, and I, I think it's just further proof that they have no intention of signing Burns to to a long-term contract, uh, which is sad and and, and very depressing. Um, but that's, uh, that's just the way it is, being a fan of the Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah, and living in Wisconsin in January, it's sad and depressing outside every day lately. Yeah, the, the seasonal depression kicks in as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not helping matters. No. What does help matters, though, is that... Whiskey. Oh. oh. <laughs> Whiskey, yes. <laughs> Alcohol. The cause of and solution to all of our problems. No. Uh, <laughs> keep in mind, this is not uh, drinking advice here. Uh, but Brian Anderson uh, is now on the Brewers. And Wait, we now get the... What? I thought he was before. Hey, hey. Uh, you know, you knew those jokes were coming yep. and they're yeah, not yeah. going to stop. Brian Anderson, the third baseman, is now on the Brewers and Brian Anderson, the play by play announcer, is sure to have a field day with this when he comes in uh, for uh, his first game um, announcing for the season. Now, I mean, B.A.'s schedule as the broadcaster um, has kind of dwindled a little bit for the Brewers over the past couple of years just because, you know, it's national commitments and and other things like that. But, you know, home base for him is still the Milwaukee Brewers. So he's going to be there a decent amount uh, throughout the season. And when he does call games and Brian Anderson, the player, is there, you're going to get those kinds of jokes. You thought they were bad enough 
uh, when the Brewers played against the Marlins and Brian Anderson was playing in the game and, and B.A. was calling, it's about to get worse. About 10 times it's worse. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to happen all the time. And, you know, but honestly, as long as Brian Anderson is, is doing play-by-play, I'll be happy. But back to the yeah. field, Brian Anderson, I think that's a good pickup. Definitely. Um, if for no other reason, he perfectly fits the two needs that, uh, you know, fans were kind of figuring the Brewers possibly would have needed to address, uh, which is third base and right field. Mm-hmm. He can play both of those positions. So, yes. boom. Um, that works out perfectly for that. Um, I know he has had some injuries lately, only played 98 games last year, 67 games the year before that. Um, so he has naturally seen his numbers decline a little bit. But in the three seasons prior, 2018 through 2020, uh, you've got OPS pluses of 110, 112, and 116. So, above average hitter, he can, you know, do a little damage in some spots. Um, it sounds like, I mean, he's going to get some playing time for sure. I know there are a lot of fans out there, um, Raptor among others, who uh, were hoping for him, potentially calling for him. Um, and, yeah, it sounds like, so Craig Mish, who... Um, he, I think he, I'm pretty sure he's a Marlins reporter writer for the Marlins Marlins. now as he does, he does podcasts for him, but he's a senior MLB network contributor. Um, but big Marlins guy. Um, so he knows Brian Anderson and he had said that, uh, the expectation would be that he's playing third base more than right field. Um, so take it, you know, how you will being that he's not an actual Brewers writer, but he knows some stuff. Um, so we may see him on the infield a lot, which means he might flip flop with Luis Urias. You might have Urias at second. Um, you got a lot of stuff that might happen here on the infield. I, I know he'll play a decent amount of right field though. Um, cause we talked quite a bit about how it was either going to have to be rely on young guys or probably rely on Blake Perkins and Tyrone Taylor mm. out there. So I imagine Anderson will see some time in right as well. Yeah, especially as those young guys are trying to get themselves uh, established. I mean, we may still see, I mean, Sal Freelich and Joey Weimer are not yet on the 40-man roster. Um, it's poss- I think Freelich is the most likely to earn a spot on the, on the opening day roster um, to, to mm-hmm. break camp with the team. Weimer is definitely going to need a little bit more time down there in AAA and development. Um, but, I mean, Freelich could make the roster. He could not. Um, we'll see once spring training rolls around. Um, but yeah, it, it gives you a little bit extra help out there in right field. If you need it with uh, Tyrone Taylor, you know, he's really kind of your primary option out there. Garrett Mitchell's likely going to be in center field. Otherwise, I mean, Blake Perkins has no MLB experience. Um, so getting Anderson will help there. I mean, third base, you have a bunch of options already. Yeah. Um, you, you got Abraham Toro, you got Luis Arias, you got Owen Miller, um, Rosso. you got Barrasso still, uh, so you got plenty of options over there. Um, and then all those guys could also play second base if needed. Plus you have Bryce Terang, uh, coming up and, you know, we'll see where, where he ends up shaking out in all this. Um, but you've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen in that infield. And so far the Anderson signing has not been made official as of this recording here on Thursday night. And the Brewers have not made a subsequent roster move. Mm. They're going to have to. They're going to have to boot somebody off the 40-man roster. 
Um, and I'm not sure exactly where it could come from and, unless there's a trade cooking, um, such as what they did with Justin Topa to clear room for Wade Miley. Um, but, I mean, you've got a bunch of guys and, and a bunch of them that they've already acquired uh, this offseason. You know, I, I don't think Owen Miller is going anywhere. I don't think Abraham Toro is going anywhere. Um, so, you know, what, what do they do with Mike Brasso? You know, what, what do they do with, I mean, Bryce Terang's not going anywhere either. You got Keston Hira still there in the infield mix. You got John Singleton. I think they're going to hold on to Singleton at least until camp and see what he does. Um, cause he's out of options, but I mean, Toro has an option. Miller has an option or Miller has options. Um, Brasso still has options. Keston Hira does not. Mm-hmm. Um, Terang obviously has options, but you're not booting him off the 40 man roster. So where do you clear a spot from this infield? Do you, do you trade one of those infielders like Brasso, um, or maybe Miller? Um, do you look at maybe one of the pitchers? There's Tyson Miller, uh, that they picked up on waivers. Jason Alexander still mm-hmm. has a 40 man spot. Could they move him? Gus Varland, I think he stays at least until spring training because he's a Rule 5 guy. You know, otherwise, what, Jake Cousins? I mean, uh, otherwise, looking at guys that they've already acquired this offseason, and I don't think they're going to cut those guys right away before they even see him in camp. No, I agree. Um, I, could see, I could see it being Jason Alexander. Um, they are very pitcher-heavy. Um, I had thought that it could potentially be him when they ended up trading Topa just because I feel like Jason Alexander is the type of guy who could clear waivers and stay with the team. Like he couldn't, he doesn't have the service time. He can't refuse the assignment. Um, so like, I, I don't think you would DFA him and risk that like some team is going to pick him up. Maybe they would, um, but I think there's a good chance that they wouldn't. And even if they did, like it, that's not a huge blow to your system if you're losing Jason Alexander. So I could I could see it be that even if it's like you know position player for pitcher. Um, we talked a little bit about John Singleton. I think if it wasn't last week, it was the the one before that. Um, I know they want to try and get him to camp and see what he can do, but at the same time, he is a lefty lefty fit with Rowdy Telez. I think he is on the 40 man as long as it makes sense for him to still be on the 40 man. And mm-hmm. if it doesn't, then, you know, it, he, he could be the guy to end up moving on. Otherwise. Yeah. I think you're right. Like it could, it could be a trade. Like maybe they are finally yeah. cooking something up for Keston Hira. Maybe they're finally cooking something up for Tyrone Taylor. Like, I don't know. Um, yeah. you know, some of these things that we've, um, suggested could potentially happen. Maybe now one's finally happening. So, um, Yeah. We'll see. It'll be interesting because we're we're starting to get to that point where the 40-man roster subtractions aren't quite as obvious as they were for a long part of the offseason. Yeah. They, they've already booted Trevor Kelly. I mean, there's... <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, once that one hap- happened, that was the last, like, okay, this is going to happen at some point, right? And then, like, yeah. once that happened, it's like, okay, well, now we're starting to get a little, uh, little interesting with the 40. Yeah. And, I mean, the rest of these guys, like, I mean, they're going to have decisions to make on a bunch of them. And, you know, I think they'll, like, they'll end up making moves on this 40-man. But 
you're going to they're likely going to wait until spring training to see mm-hmm. if these guys can can earn spots like Bryce Wilson is out of options. Are they going to keep him or get rid of him? Right. You know, I think they're going to get him to camp first before they see what they do there. Um, you know, same thing, I, I think, with John Singleton. You know, I think he's going to at least be there through camp um, and see what happens. Um, you know, you're looking at, uh, let's see, what, yeah, Gus Varland, same thing. They're going to see what you have in camp first before you send him back. Um, you know, some of their other relief additions, Elvis Paguero, Yoel Piomps. Um, you know, I, I think you're going to at least see what you have there. So Brasso is is someone who's interesting because Brasso fills essentially the same type of role that Anderson has. Mm-hmm. They're both right-handed hitters. Um, you know, Brasso, he was solid uh, against lefties, but, you know, he didn't really play that much mm-hmm. uh, last year. So, you know, could they could they move him or, or move on from him? Uh, Keston Hira obviously is out of options. So, you know, do they find a trade? Do they DFA him? You know, what what ends up happening there? But, yeah, you're kind of out of obvious candidates for a DFA. Um, so you're looking at a, a trade, most likely. Yeah, Mike Barroso, we've never really mentioned him. I haven't seen anyone mention him as a potential trade candidate. But you would wonder if there's maybe a team – who would think that he is starter material and they would want to give him a shot. Cause he's never had that chance. He's never last year's uh, 69 nice games that he ended up playing were the most of his career. Um, but he's had, he's had above average seasons, three of his four seasons. Um, he uh, has some defensive versatility. Like what if a team thought that, like, you know what, we're going to give him a chance to play full-time or something close to full-time. You know, and if that's the case, you've got plenty of utility infielders uh, elsewhere on the roster. You know, like, 160 plate appearances. Like, those are important plate appearances. A lot of them were, especially the pinch hit ones where he was amazing. Um, But, like, you can find 160 plate appearances on the roster. I think he's slated to make more than that this year, but you know, there's arguments to be made where like exploring something like that could make sense to free up a roster spot. I hope they don't. I like him around. Like I like the things that he does. Um, but if it happened, I wouldn't be heartbroken. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're at the point where, I mean, you're going to be making tough decisions. And I mean, really just now, now that they've got Anderson in the fold, I think they're probably just about done with on the position player side. Of things, you know, like he fills the need at, at he helps out at third base, he helps out in right field. The, the two remaining spots where they really kind of could you could have used some more depth. Um, it doesn't seem like a Yandy Diaz trade is is coming down the pipeline. Unfortunately, I really wanted that one, uh, but they've got a lot of uh, options over there at third base. Um, so uh, that'll be uh, coming um, and. I think really kind of the only thing left would be maybe another bullpen arm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, they've got the rotation addressed um, with with the Wade Miley signing and Bryce Wilson coming in. The rest of the position player group, I think, is going to be good with Brian Anderson filling out those spots. Bullpen could maybe use a, another arm. Um, maybe Trevor Rosenthal 
gets brought back. Um, that that's a possibility. He's still out there. Um, who knows if he's healthy? We'll see. He hasn't pitched in two years, but um, I, I still think they they could do probably like at most we're probably looking at bullpen arms for the remainder of the off season. Yeah, I agree. Um, it it would be nice to have. There's not a ton left out there who could fill this role, but it would be nice to throw someone else in the mix who could be a more obvious seventh inning, eighth inning type candidate, preferably eighth inning. But again, like there, there aren't those obvious, like almost a closer, but not type, not quite type guys uh, on the market. Still, there are a couple guys, Andrew Chafin's still out there. He had a really good year last year. Uh, Michael Fulmer's out there. Uh, he had a pretty decent 2022, and then there's a third name was who's escaping me right now. Um, but there's some guys who um, have had some recent experience kind of in some of the more high-leverage situations would make a little bit of sense. I tend to agree with the position players, though. Um, I don't know that they go ahead and make a move again at this point. <clears throat> because remember as well, you don't have to make all your moves before the season starts. And they don't have to also be at the trade deadline. You can make some, you know, a month or two into the season. That's how we ended up with Willie Adamas on this team. Um, So if you determine that, you know, maybe going with the young guys in right field isn't quite working, um, maybe Brian Anderson works out there, but, you know, third base still isn't quite doing what you want it to do. Um, You can still make a trade for, you know, any of those positions and bring someone in. They've been known to do it. Um, and as we've seen, uh, Matt Arnold isn't afraid to make trades. So, yeah, um, he's a big fan of trades. He is. And we like that. We like that at the Cold Brew Podcast and Reviewing we the Brew do. because it gives us content. Absolutely. Big trades, especially when you trade your fifth best outfield prospect for an all star catcher. <laughs> we love that. That's More cool. of that, please. So much. Okay. Content. How about next uh, we, we trade? Let's see. Who? Who's now our fifth best outfield prospect? Is that Hendry Mendez? Let's trade Hendry Mendez for Yandy Diaz. Yeah, let's do it. See, I, like I, I could be a GM. Why, yeah. why don't the Blues hire me? This stuff's easy. Come on. Yeah, easy. Make it seems armchair so- GMing over here. All right, guys. Here's an idea. We pay Corbin Burns. Huh? Huh? How about we pay a Cy Young winner and try to keep him around because he's a Cy Young winner and the best pitcher we've ever had in our franchise's history? Eh? Eh? What do you think? You need to relax with that kind of talk. You are making too much sense there, sir. Nah. How dare I? Yeah. How dare you? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. Perhaps, uh... Perhaps brighter minds will prevail eventually, but uh, we shall see um, as the offseason continues to unfold. We are getting closer and closer to uh, uh, spring training beginning less than a month now until pitchers and catchers report. So that is going to be a fun time. I cannot wait for the sounds of gloves popping and bats cracking, and it is just going to be heaven. It is going to be music to my ears. It's such great timing now, too, that uh, the NFL added a week to their season because the Super Bowl happens, and then, like, literally the next day, pitchers and catchers report. 
it's oh it's it's so seamless perfect. transition yep move on to the baseball season and it also happens to be my birthday week so like it really oh. ends up being perfect timing like Absolutely. just so much good stuff happening what, what better birthday present could you ask for than pitchers and catchers reporting i ask for it every year and i get it every year it's like they know what i want yeah i mean here here's the unfortunate part for me my birthday's in october so uh, and win baseball. So every year I want a playoff game for my birthday. <laughs> That's what I want. And the Brewers did not deliver this year. Mm. Man, so they're taking our cold brew name. They're taking your playoffs away from you. I think they might have something against you. They're taking Maybe. away your Corbin Burns. Ugh. Who you piss this off for an office? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I thought I thought we got along great. But um, I don't know. Apparently, uh, me, uh, I, I think it might have been when I complained about the Trevor Rosenthal trade. That might have been what pissed him off. Which time? All, all the times. <laughs> yeah. Could have been. He's been injured for two years, and you trade an actually decent prospect for him, and you never even put him on the 60 day IL when he was out for the entire season. Uh, anyways. Had to get that off my chest again. Again, but yeah. see, this is this is why they don't like me. Um, <laughs> every every time I, I, it feels like most of the time I try to tell them to do something. They're like, hey, this would be a good idea. They never do it. it. It almost feels like you know, especially when it comes to the draft. I'm just like, I like this guy, and the Brewers are like, well, how about somebody completely different? But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. One day. One day. Yeah. All right, well, that will do it for us on this episode of the Cold Brew Podcast. More coming up, hopefully uh, some big things uh, coming up in the next couple of weeks as we get ready for spring training here on the Cold Brew Pod. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, So thank you for listening. We'll see you next time for another episode of the Cold Brew Podcast.